Meghna started it all by stepping into the world of graphic designing but she later decided to start a fashion social network after realizing that women take quite some time in deciding what exactly should they wear After many twists and turns she ended up creating the perfect SaaS product for the pandemic a solution that allows jewelry retailers to do contactless sell This time on Beyond Campus we have with us the CEO and founder of style.me Meghna Sarogi who's changing the future of jewelry shopping using augmented reality technology. So, uh, Meghna, let's start with uh, your origin story. You grew up in Indore. Uh, tell me, what was that like? So, yeah, I grew up in Indore and I did my schooling there. Um, I always wanted to be someone like, you know, MF Hussain because when I was growing up, I had this huge inclination towards painting. I would, you know, even during my exams, I would hide my copies and uh, try and sketch and paint. So I always thought that probably I'll grow up and become a great painter, but then, you know, I think life changed. So then what happened to that dream of being a painter by the time you were becoming a teenager and beyond So uh, I also explored what are the other things that you know people can do and one of the things that was really hitting me hard was that there were only you know there was there were very few people like a mf hussain whose painting would get sold as a as a crazy price and uh, my you know i've always been someone who want to create value and i was constantly thinking that okay i'm great at paintings but what can i do out of it that will that will be helpful or you know that will that will turn into a business and that is when i was explored or exposed to graphic designing the uh, my another inspiration was mr piyush pandey who is from ogilvy and mathur and then i started studying him and that is when i decided to not do painting but uh, but to take up graphic design so i joined college of arts which which had got the courses of painting and graphic designing so in my first year i get to study both of it and then i i get to decide what do i want to do so that is how i picked graphic okay, design as the version. more practical choice i also realized people were making more money <laughs> in graphic okay, design okay so uh, what next after college of arts during college of arts uh, anything uh, of note Uh, so no, I wasn't one of those bright students. Like you know, in Indore, I thought, wow, like everyone used to think that she's like a genius. But when I went to College of Arts, I I realized that okay, there are like many many more people who do far more superior work than I do. Uh, but still, I survived. I was doing pretty decent. I think I also realized that uh, a college, you know, especially because of College of Art, it gives you an exposure of. 
painting, sculpture, graphic design, all of it together. One thing that I personally felt was missing was getting more used to technology. And by that, I mean softwares that would let you create, you know, real world projects. So I felt that I needed to study more. And that is when I applied to Srishti, which is a design school in Bangalore. And I got through Srishti. So uh, the reason to go to Srishti was to hone your skills as a graphic designer using modern software. Yes, and also I think a larger exposure because the only two colleges that every uh, design student wants to go is uh, NID or then Srishti and I did not get through NID to be honest. When I went to Srishti and I also realized the kind of exposure you get in Srishti is beyond words. Like it was literally like unlearning and then learning. So everything I learned in College of Art, I think I had to unlearn all of it to adapt Srishti in it in myself. So yeah, I think it was a great exposure there. What is uh, studying at Srishti like? I mean, is it like a residential two-year program kind of a thing like you would imagine in a B school or is it very different from that? So I went as a direct student. So there are two programs where you can join just after school and do your foundation and direct entry, like the whole specialization there. But because I had done College of Art, I was taken in the direct entry course. Uh, it was a two-year course, so it was we did not get a degree of post-graduation, but it was a diploma. I think what Srishti changed was the way I would look at things. You know, there were uh, there were people, there was there were faculties who would come from different parts of the world to teach teachers. Like I still remember there was a course on hibernation, and you okay. just had to sleep. And it was so fascinating. I was like, what are we going to achieve out of it? And then we learned certain things which, which you know, the outside world does not teach you. Yeah, I think, you know, kind of I grew up. How is a design school different from, let's say, a business school? So, I haven't been to a business school. So, I don't think I can differentiate that. But in design school, I think the biggest differentiator is because, you know, we are all creative minds. Especially in the second year, what I realized that there were no no hours. Like, you know, we used to be in a campus which used to be open 24-7. And I still remember having probably three or four nights in a row working in college in that campus. And we would just like club three, four chairs together and take a nap. It's said that creativity can come anytime. So I think, you know, that whole whole idea and the way you execute and things, you know, there's, there was no timing. So there are days when you would be just so unproductive, but suddenly, you know, something strikes and then you're doing all your work. So I think that was a differentiator. Marks and your grades weren't as important, especially for me, because I think it is more of how do you adapt, how creative can you be and how can you communicate what what someone is trying to do or say in the most creative way. I think the biggest differentiator is the creativity part. Does it have that approach uh, similarity like, you know, lectures, project work, like, like that kind of an academic rigor to it? Or is it more of like a journey of self-discovery where it's not so structured and you're allowed to explore and figure out and you know what is it like so it's a combination of both of course we had lectures we had projects and we had deadlines but at the same time like we were on our own and you know there were a lot of courses that actually let you discover yourself you know because unless you discover yourself and your surrounding you can't get creative and you can't communicate in the most creative way yeah it, it was a combination of both like you know there were times when we even did films 
and we shot a couple of things and you know so it was it, it's something that you get to choose and also because uh, you know Srishti is a very progressive uh, college I think it gave us a lot of liberty to discover as ourselves choose we, what we want to do and the faculties which would actually help us execute them so it was definitely a combination of both okay and so which year did you pass out of Srishti? 2009 yeah so was there like a campus placement scene there or like what what did you do next it's pretty interesting one of my faculty who used to come in the same bus uh, rustam he was i was just talking to him and i was exploring internship you know it was it was last year of our college and rustam told me that uh, hey do you want to go to delhi and i was like yeah why not and he said look i know this designer who is extremely amazing with her work and you will get to learn a lot from her just that she's got like this really short temper like she's extremely short temper so will you be able to handle it and i was a little scared but i said okay let's do it so rustam connected me to my boss xbox boss i will i would call now uh, akhila and i went and did my first internship with her so while i was doing my internship she also offered me a diploma project so in srishti your final project is supposed to be a diploma project. It can be a sponsored or it's something that you do it on your own. Akhila offered me a diploma project, which very few people get to have because, you know, if it's all sponsored, then you don't have to pay for it. So after internship, I went to Akhila for the diploma project and it just became very obvious that I'm going to be working with her. So I actually did not have to, you know, find any job. So Srishti does not have a placement uh, cell. Uh, but it just com- it just uh, connects you to various design design uh, you know firms. Mm-hmm. So that is how I got got connected with my. Mm. So what did you do with Akila? So I worked with her for a couple of years. After uh, after I joined her, you know. So as I as I just told you that during my internship, which was for for uh, five weeks, I think every day I used to be scared that. Uh, Probably she'll throw a table or a chair because that's what I was told. Uh, did not happen. <laughs> and it turned out she was one of the nicest person. I mean, she is short-tempered and she would scream and shout uh, once in a while. But I haven't met a better designer, a better person than her. So that is the reason when I took um, took her diploma project, it was it was a very interesting project. I was working on uh, cybersecurity. And the whole fact that, you know, how teenagers get so addicted to online chatting that they share a lot of information to a person who's who's totally unknown. So I created this whole fake wallpaper, which has, had a chat window that would more like a, it was more like a chatting interface where a person get hooked and start chatting to a stranger. But later it tells them that, oh, I was just a screensaver, but these are the information you've shared. So I think this was one of the most interesting projects I did with Akhila. Post that, I started working, uh, you know, on, on regular projects. Uh, I used to design magazines, annual reports, branding, brochures, literally everything. So, Akila ran a design agency. She would take work from corporates. Yes, yes. She ran a design agency and uh, she would work with some of the really big corporates. Okay. So, a couple of years you spent with her. Uh, then, what made you want to move on? You know, as you now just heard, I came from Indore to Delhi, then I went to Bangalore, then I again went back to Delhi. One thing that I constantly felt about myself was the fact that I had terrible design sense. I had terrible style sense. And, uh, you know, 
when i used to see people decked up in delhi i used to feel a little like i used to have that inferiority complex that's why whenever i would go shopping uh, especially in the trial rooms i would take my pictures and send it to my friends asking them whether it looks good on me or not and this was like a very frustrating uh, experience because every time your friends are not on whatsapp to reply to you and over the period of time i realized that it wasn't just me like everyone needs a validation of how they look you know i also did a study and and some research and i and i figured out that on an average a woman spends one year of her life just deciding what to wear the whole idea was to build a product a platform where people can get instant fashion advice and i was constantly you know sitting on it thinking about it and i wanted to launch it but because you know because i was just from srishti i was getting a decent paycheck so it was quite a challenge for me to take that jump and say okay one day i'll leave everything and start this so that's how the whole idea came because i wasn't i was an insecure you know person in terms of my my style and my fashion and i just thought probably a platform like style.me now uh, would would help not just me but lot of other women like so what was the original idea that you started with and how did you actually get it off the ground The original idea was this to have a platform where people can get instant fashion advice from their friends and family and fashion experts around the world. I was a very lazy person so I would only think about it day and night but I would not do anything about it. Also you know how you know how people start daydreaming. So I would just dream of having a tech company one day. I didn't know how to do it because I'm not a techie I'm not a coder. I have never done business you know how to start was one of the biggest challenge and i think because of that challenge i kept sitting on it for for very long unless one day a very close friend of mine i was just telling him yaar some day i hope i'll be able to do it and he said why are you even wasting your time thinking about it because you're so lazy i don't think you'll ever do it and i think that that hit me hard and i've realized that about myself now that when people tell me that i can't do something I will do whatever it takes to prove them wrong. So that was the point when I realized, okay, I am going to do it, whatever it takes. Uh, and you know, Akhila had a huge contribution to this because when I told her the idea, you know how otherwise your your employer or your boss can be when you know when they feel that oh you're you're diverting to someone else, something else they'll probably demotivate you. But when I told this to her, her first question was, "Are you waiting for a panditji to come and you know break like a coconut to start it? What are you waiting for?" And I was like, "Yeah, you're right. Literally nothing." so you know because i was thinking about this whole idea for so long i literally had everything in my head that how i wanted it but just that i have never put it down so my first step was that i put it down put down everything that i had on my head the second thing was that i did not know what to do and how to start i think i got lucky and i was damn lucky because during that time i was also designing annual reports for infoedge which is the parent company of nokri.com and i had met mr sanjeev bichindani a couple of times uh, during our meetings for annual reports so my first step wasn't because you know after meeting him so many times i had learned a lot about him i also knew that he is someone who's very passionate about also helping young entrepreneurs so my first step was to write him an email saying hey i am your you know graphic designer who designs your annual reports and this is what i want to do can i meet you luckily because i was i was the designer he agreed to meet me 
and uh, you know when i showed him the whole thing that i had on my mind he said this sounds great like i think it's a good idea but how can i help you and you know sometimes you don't even know how you want help you don't because you don't know the next step right so if i knew something i can ask for help in that way so i did not know that so i told him look i am not a techie i don't know how to code i don't come from a business family so i don't know how to even run a business i don't know how i'm going to do it i just know one thing for sure that i will make it happen the only thing i need from you is to be my mentor and just you know guide me and help me through this whole journey and he said okay done and i was like just looking at him and wondering that did he just say yes yeah like you know when someone has influential you know as as sanjeev says uh, agrees to be your mentor it just motivates you to another level to like you know reach the sky so yeah this is how i just started you know this is how i so i mean you know tell me how did a person agreeing to mentor you at an idea stage how did that eventually reach to a place where you launched your uh, idea and did you launch it as the original idea or even before launch you pivoted no before launch i did not pivot uh, so i launched it as an original idea i went i came back to indore to to launch my product because i could not afford uh, to spend lot of money in delhi because i quit my job and uh, uh, sanjeev as he promised he all he stood by it even today he's he's someone i you know i can reach out to whenever i'm stuck wherever and he guided me how should i get people to program code etc so you went to indore with the idea that you'll make a app a mobile app or something which would allow people to yes so idea was to make a mobile app that that people can download and uh, put their put their pictures and ask people to either dot it or not it so you like it or you don't like it or you can choose between the two things so that was the idea you know four years back indore wasn't so progressive when it comes to startup you know my friends were like are you crazy are you really going to leave your job to start a startup like what does that even mean and uh, so after getting all these you know backfires from your friends a little bit from family i was very clear that what i want to do i got a couple of people freelancers etc to build the first uh, product it started getting some traction and then uh, you know at that point one of the uh, person who's who's dude recently become like a mentor he connected me to indian angel network and he also became my lead investor that's how you know i went back to indore build the whole first product uh, launched it do did it mvp uh, started working on that and raised some funds from indian angel network how much was the first fundraise and uh, how how long after starting did you do your first fundraise i it took me almost a year uh, after i started and the first fundraise was of 25 lakhs so this fundraise happened after you launched an app and you had users using it and all that yes it had very very few users it had around 2 3000 downloads and it had around 50 60 influencers or bloggers on the platform so yeah after that i i launched it. but but at that point see what amount of money comes wasn't so important to me than that i have some money because i was doing all of this alone i did not have a team you know the biggest challenge was that when you are doing a tech startup everyone is looking for a tech co-founder or a techie right? right basically everyone had told me that you can't raise funds unless you have a tech co-founder and because people were like putting so much pressure on my head and you know i used to hear this everywhere uh, remember i told you that when people tell me i can't do it i will find a way to do it <laughs> it was 
it was more of a zeal because i knew that i believed in what i was doing the even the first version of the product wasn't as bad uh, it it would solve the basic uh, you know functionality and everything because i was introduced by vihari to in uh, and then there were a couple of investors who agreed to become my leads so yeah i mean i think these these investors i'm still very grateful for them to them but they just saw the passion and the vision i had uh, having a team or a co-founder or anything wasn't a challenge okay so when did you get a tech co-founder in then because i do believe you have a co-founder as on it yes so um, again it's i think it's it's one of the most interesting story i have with style.me and so you know when i was doing that first mvp version in indore i got a designer to design the app i was just talking to this designer before moving to uh, delhi because after the fundraising i moved back to delhi and i was just uh, asking you know if you know someone who can help me code and you know i need to now have a full time tech team so this designer vikas who was working with wedme good at that time he suddenly told me you know i don't have anyone in mind but otherwise i have someone in mind who is so amazing that he'll never join you i was like what does that even mean and uh, he said no i know this person and in my 10 years of experience i haven't found a better coder but he will not join you and i was extremely curious to know that why is he constantly saying he will not join you then he told me because he's just finished his school and he's joined college and i was like oh my god who is this person and then i was introduced to akhil tulani who's now my co-founder and cto akhil started coding when he was 9 and he sold the company in 100000 dollars when he was 15 years old at 18 when i met him he was he was the lead developer at wedme good and by then he had worked on more than 25 projects so you know when initially vikas told me about akhil i thought okay probably i'll get him you know to do it as a part time project or be my intern or something but when i spoke to akhil one thing that totally changed uh, my perception was that age is just a number and at 18 that guy was he knew what he was doing he knew what his value was and he knew that he can do work far more better than any other you know developer with 10 20 30 whatever x number of experiences so that is how i was introduced to akhil uh, obviously i could not pay the salary that even to match what he was earning at that point so when i first offered him he refused i was a little little upset because you know i was I was literally dying to find a tech team, and here I had like the most amazing developer who who refused to work with me. So I told him, "Okay, fine. If you don't want to work, don't work. Let's have coffee, and you know, let's discuss life." So I still remember meeting him at Cafe Coffee Day, uh, you know, at Regal Building where you know our office used to be at Innovate. And I asked Akhil, I said, "Tell me in a lifetime how much will you earn?" And you know, we were just discussing that. Okay, probably. So he was learning, earning more than two point five lakhs a month. and uh, i was like okay at some point probably you'll earn 25 lakhs a month or whatever you know a crore 10 crores a month but will will you be able to or would you want to build something on your own that will that will change uh, the way people shop you know and i'm not looking at a indian market i'm talking about a global market and a global industry and i think uh, what changed akhil decision immediately that evening was the fact that he became as a uh, passionate and you know he he started seeing in the same way where he wanted to be a part of a journey that will change lives and that will create a huge impact on the world so that is how akhil joined okay. okay 
and uh, he joined after the fundraiser had happened yes he joined after the fundraiser okay okay so uh, when did the pivot happen and what was the reason for it so we you know we got a decent team to work on the product and uh, you know we were working on on getting acquiring customers so considering our product was b2c you know the only thing that everyone looks is the stickiness you know the mau the daus etc what i realized was that firstly we did not had like crores of rupees to spend on marketing second was organically it wasn't growing to a level we wanted it to grow and thirdly uh, i strongly felt that the market was not ready to adapt to something as cool as that that's how i'll put it actually now but yeah i think we were too early for the market and, uh, so that's that's what constantly made us think what we need to do also we were running short of cash so uh, we we were raise, we were trying to raise funds and uh, we were in fact on on a reality show where we were offered some money we couldn't take it for some reason and post that for almost 4 months we could not raise funds uh, i did not have money to pay salary tell me about this reality show thing it was pretty interesting the this reality show was called uh, called a, the vault which was in an indian version of shark tank and um, akhil and i were you know for you know we just got an opportunity to pitch on the show and we did it and we were offered 2 crores on the show which for some reason we had to refuse you know because i felt that it wouldn't be right to our existing investors and uh, that was the reason you know we just we just said no but but it was like a huge decision because you are on national television like there are thousands of people looking at you so <laughs> taking that call was tough and post that we could not raise funds uh, for almost 5 months and i think as an entrepreneur one of the most important thing for you is to be sleeping with a peaceful mind when you know that at least you are able to pay salaries and take care of your basic expenses so i couldn't pay salaries we couldn't pay rent uh, and you know it was literally like a do or die situation for us so either we had to find a solution to keep running or we would had to shut down after a few more months i think our existing investors the lead investors especially were extremely helpful because i still remember uh, amrish raghuvanshi who's who's our lead one of our leads uh, he told me that you know we believe in you why to why to you know make you go through this tough time and then four of us so we had four lead investors four of us decided to give us some money as ccd you know we we got some breather and that was the time when we were exploring augmented reality because of snapchat and instagram i think uh, you know ar took like a very prominent place in people's life like everyone you would see with doggy filters right so i was like if we put this to real business this can be a huge opportunity we started building on lipsticks and uh, lenses so you know as a female it's very difficult to put on a lipstick shade and realize oh shit it doesn't look good on my face and then you know wipe right. it off and then put it again so imagine if you can just see what lipstick shades work best for you it's going to be amazing so that's how we started and just then i was in indore where my mom took me for like she wanted to buy some jewelry every store that i would go to people would show us you know apart from these limited inventory or limited designs that they have they would show us catalogs they would show us pictures on whatsapp and i was like how does one decide or realize whether it's looking good or not 
that was like a life turning moment i would call uh, i realized i did some research and i realized that because jewelry is such a capital intensive industry it's extremely challenging for jewelers to um, keep lot of inventory or even scale in terms of stores so how about a product that will let people try on jewelry without wearing it and when i did research i realized that everyone else working on ar especially in jewelry were working either with static images or instruction based technology as a consumer i hate taking instructions like forget consumer you know as a person everyone takes hating i mean hates taking instructions so we focused on building a product which works seamlessly so now today the product is called mirar it's uh, it's in fact world's first real time ar tech for jewelry so you just have to bring your face in front of it and it snaps your face you can try on thousands of jewelry without wearing it okay so you thought that there was a use case for it but uh, how did you get validation that what you're thinking uh, is actually something which can uh, help you build a business so one of the first clients that we had was pc jeweler and uh, when we so we had a common connect who introduced me to the owner of pc jeweler mr balram garg when i showed him or spoke about my idea to him his first reaction was since 5 years i am looking for something like this where have you been all this time and i was like wow so you know the validation came because okay. because one brand which which was uh, a very prominent brand in india which is in fact the, the owner says that okay i've been looking for it and he was willing to pay us so we actually we you know we we did a pilot with them and we got paid for it so i believe that when someone is ready to pay for your work or for what you've built i think that itself is a big validation so you went to pc jewelers after building the product or when it was still an idea it was an idea and we we did like a very small mvp we went to them with a with a minimal viable product something that we probably built in a month's time hmm okay so this was like one of many bets you were taking or you thought okay let's do this only we so i believe something very strongly that if you focus on one thing just focus on it I wasn't betting on multiple thing our team was totally focused because for some reason and you know sometimes I believe a lot in intuitions and you know this whole power of universe so for some reason I had a huge conviction that this is going to work so we were actually okay. putting all our bets on this like my entire team would work day and night just to ensure that we have the best product and uh you know me coming from a design background help like a greater extent because even if there is a 1 mm difference i would not accept it so you know i think that made our product far more superior than any other product that existed in the industry globally that too so yeah we spent lot of time energy on this product and i think it paid off really well even with our first client okay so what was the journey after pc jewelers did a pilot with you you know once we did the pilot uh, one of the most most uh, memorable incident for me is that during the pilot we would take testimonials from real people who are coming to the stores and that was validation number 2 because a client is paying great but if your end customer is not adapting it will a client number 2 pay as well or not and there were these women and you know earlier i thought that probably because snapchat and instagram is so popular amongst the youngsters this will be you know fascinating for a millennial but pc jeweler was showing this to women above 45 50 and there was this one lady who said that i come from a middle class background 
so when i enter a showroom it is very overwhelming for me but at the same time i am always very skeptical uh, to ask sales guy for lot of options because i feel i will be judged the sales guy will think that i don't have the money to buy all of it but i'm still seeing it and that lady said but because but you know through your product i don't have that fear anymore i can try as many jewelry as i want without uh, without the fear of being judged and you know these these testimonials these feedback gave us confidence at another level because i think people were adapting to it and also you know there was an emotional aspect attached to it like one lady said she saw the saw the jewelry on herself and she said oh my god i never thought i will see something like this on my neck but i'm seeing it so you know and those expressions and those comments were priceless from pc jeweler to uh i think how many clients do you have now uh, 160 jewelers okay so from that one jeweler to 160 jewelers how, how did that journey happen so you know even though the owner of pc jeweler uh, you know liked it and was ready to pay we realized that it was it was very difficult to convince jewelers or in fact convince anyone to pay for technology in india and uh, when we would take our solution to these jewelers uh, most of them would either um, not consider this as something that will help them or were a little skeptical so everyone wants to know who are the first movers right so i think in, it took us almost 6 uh, months to get 10 clients and post that uh, we participated in this uh, exhibition called jaipur jewelry show that happens in jaipur and we did this huge setup where so um, you know our technology works at that time it used to work only on an ipad where a jeweler can put their entire inventory and anyone can come in front of it and try the entire collection so what we did was we mirrored it to a much larger screen when people came and tried on there the whole experience was wow you know lot of people lot of media company wrote in jaipur that time that this is the highlight of the show that was a 3 day event and in those 3 days we got 30 more jewelers so that was like a, a transformation to the company because from 10 jewelers in 6 months to 30 jewelers in 3 days was something that made us believe that this is this is something that is for the long run uh post that you know we also were uh, connected to tanishk uh, who was working with us and the first time tanishk took mirar to something that is out of space so usually jewelers would use it in their stores tanishk for the first time took it to bridal asia where they would have this technology and at that time padmavat movie had come where dipika padukone was wearing jewelry by tanishk and we had put all of those jewelry digitally there uh people were surprised and happy and you know totally enjoying seeing all the jewelry by padmavat collection on themselves that is how we realized that you know this can also work very beautifully at uh spaces with with you know highest footfalls and then tanishk also took it to two airports in india which was uh, delhi and bangalore they created this really huge Victorian style setup, you know, which was more of a dressing room uh, kind of setup, where people would again, you know, the the tablets were mirrored to larger screens that look like mirrors, and I think that was that was the changing time because almost everyone who got to know about it were like, oh my god, this is this is innovative because no one ever this was more like a zero inventory store. Imagine hundreds of jewelry by Tanish could be tried on at at these airports uh, without any physical jewelry. this was something that 
that mm. got us uh, uh, that gave us actually more validation in the whole jewelry industry everyone every jeweler every conferences started talking about this and i think that is how more and more jewelers starting reaching out to us also i think because uh, of our product and our service and also the kind of relationship we build with our clients even today i think 60% of our clients are through reference so that is how it grew yeah and today you know uh, from then to now uh, i think not just in india but people across the world and and you know we were invited by some of the top jewelry exhibitors in the world so we were a part of gck las vegas that happened in vegas and we were recently invited by inhorganta which is in germany uh, in the retail innovation zone so i think uh, you know this is something that has been taken up as a as a innovation and something that will disrupt the the shopping experience of people in the jewelry industry by not just uh, you know the community or the jewelers in india but across the world okay how big is your team now and like what is the split how many people are in sales how many in operations how many in technology so we are a hmm. team of 26 people now out of hmm. which nine are in tech then eight are in sales others are for operations marketing uh, and accounts okay and uh, your client base is uh, like how much is domestic how much is international have you like gone international aggressively so we haven't gone international aggressively uh, 98% of our clients are are from india we have a couple of clients in new york south america singapore and dubai and nepal recently we so we've just raised you know we are, we are looking to raise funds where where you know we can go global because obviously going global takes far more than uh, you know what sitting here we can do so we do not have a team we do not have an international team currently but we have full plans to go global now especially after covid okay when a client comes up to you tell me about the journey of the client what exactly like do you physically take the jewelry and click photos and then upload it or you know how, how does it happen most of the clients did not have their jewelry digitized when we reached out to them that was an early stage we don't go and physically click it but we have we have partnered with different photographers and vendors who would go to a client's showroom uh, click the pictures edit it in the requirement that we have so for a jewelry to be tried on in augmented reality it's important that it it needs to be shot and digitized in certain way for example if a necklace is not shot on a neck dummy then it will not take contour of the neck and it will not fit your right so there are a certain guidelines that we have which we train these photographers or the the brand's team if they want to shoot it internally once the photography is done and the editing is made the brand is supposed to it add data So everything that you see on Mirar is works on real time. The biggest challenge for online shopping is that if a earring is looking big, you don't know how it's going to how big it's going to look on your ears. So by by data, I mean the size of the jewelry, especially earrings. Uh, and we take the size, pricing, gold weight, diamond weight, whatever the client want to uh, show to the end customer. Once that is taken, uh, there is a dashboard that we provide to the clients. for the first version we do it ourselves to just help the client and we add the data uh, and that is it you are ready to go it is on an ipad you can put it on your on your counter in the store you can choose to mirror it to a larger screen 
you can have sales guys go from house to house to share new designs you can put it you know at an airport or you can put it at an airport or or at a shopping mall so is your pricing like a monthly like per item of inventory or is it like a flat rate or what is the pricing like so it's a hmm. SaaS, it's a saas model and we charge on per license so per license uh, one license works on one device and uh, that is how we charge we charge yearly and not monthly okay so it depends on how many devices a jeweler wants rather than num- inventory size or something like that yes yes so when it comes to online which we are doing now so we have launched mirar also on online where it can be integrated to any website uh, or a app so if today you go and see a pc jeweler or a tanishk or a uh, hazurila legacy website you can just try any product from the comfort of your house in any browser you know in that case we charge on per sku because there is a server cost when the number of sku's increases uh, if you go and see tanishk website you will see every product that has a try on button and currently more than 5000 sqs have try ons i guess you will see how the experience is extremely intuitive but you know as the number grows on the server cost increases and that is how we charge on per sku then but when it is a installed model we charge on per device okay so now it is no longer restricted to an ipad alone as you said that uh, on any browser yeah. uh, i can just open the website and yeah you can download an app you can download the app you can open on any browser whether on your phone on your laptop on your ipad and try out from across the world so that is the reason now it is totally revolutionizing okay so uh, how has uh, covid like impacted your business either negatively or positively i would say it's a blessing in disguise i know it's bad to say but you know like it's covid is terrible uh, what it's doing to the entire economy and the and the health of people but in terms of business i think uh, it has made people believe in going digital augmented reality is one of the most powerful things people are using during covid yeah i think you know uh, the inquiries have increased by 100x uh, the number of clients who are converting and on a daily basis who wants to incre- integrate ar to their uh, to their businesses is growing on a daily daily uh, level and uh, yeah i think i think not just in jewelry but post covid every retail especially every retail industry is looking to create you know touchless right. experiences basically so if you look at jewelry i mean i am right now scared to even touch my lift can you imagine me going to a jewelry store and say okay let me try everything that's there because i will always think that who's worn it before me is it sanitized or not and those are the reasons which make people you know integrate ar because they will be able to give a contactless experience so i think uh, this is the best time for any brand to uh, to adapt ar and i think jewelry industry in that way is becoming extremely progressive what other applications do you see for uh, ar in retail beyond jewelry which you think are in your horizon that you want to target next coincidentally there are two categories that we have just launched or like we've not announced but we are launching which is uh, eyewear and uh, uh, watches so we are working on glasses now so you can now try thousands of glasses without physically wearing it from any part of the world the other point is and this is very interesting because no other company or actually very few companies have have done markless you know markerless tracking of hands 
so when it comes to face you know because of your eyes and your nose and your lips let a lot of people who working on face recognition technology but when it comes to your hand right. your wrist you know people don't know where to track so lot of brands and especially the watches brand that that were working on augmented reality would work on an qr based sticker so there is a qr based sticker that you supposed to print out put it on your wrist and when you point that wrist to a tech it can make you try watches we are one of the first ones to do it with markerless we have, we've introduced it you know we we've, we've announced it on different social platforms uh, where without any marker without any any marker tracking you just point your wrist and you will be able to try thousands of watches bracelets ring anything that is to do with hands so i think these these uh, innovation are going to bring us more close towards our bigger vision and dream which is revolutionizing the entire uh, shopping experience in the fashion retail and i think post covid this is also becoming the new normal so for a young techie who's say just finishing up graduation why would you recommend them to look at a career in ar and how can they be qualified to have a career in ar like what kind of technology stack should they study about or uh, is there some certification that they should be doing so uh, i think apple you know most important thing is apple has launched ar kit which has made things very very easy and convenient for developers to start working on ar also you know i think anyone with that whole zeal and passion to work on it will just find a way to do it because see when akhil started working uh, on ar he did not have a qualification like he was he is that he, I, i call him child prodigy and i think he had a zeal that okay whatever comes his way and especially if it's a challenge he'll just find a way to get it done so even though our technology is is not on ar kit but i know lot of people and especially since your question is on, on around someone who wants to start up i think ar kit from apple can be a can be a great way to just start and that zeal to just you know compile things and make it happen hmm so uh, how big is uh, style.me now like what is your turnover if you, that is something which you can share yes so um, we 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 met our first milestone uh, i would call it of crossing 1 crore revenue um, in 1920 which was this year congratulations so some people might think it's too less but i think you know 1 crore is everyone's milestone and that's what we achieved and uh, this this year we are looking to do at least forex so yes there there is that's where we are and uh, i think with the ki- kind of clientage with the kind of way market is evolving and uh, you know contactless is becoming the new normal i think we will be able to hit that very soon so in order to do forex uh, what all do you need to build internally in your organization like what kind of capabilities or what kind of people do you need to hit forex so uh, when it comes to product because of akhil we already have the best tech team i would say uh, and he's constantly working hard on getting more people for machine learning uh, and analytics so that we are able to uh, be more accurate so see i i think because augmented reality is all about experience the only companies that has flawless experience are going to survive and that is one thing that we are constantly looking to uh, hire people for another thing that we were looking because you know so far we did zero marketing 
and uh, our only marketing was you know through social media that we would do internally and the only way we we got these clients were through references so another thing that we have we've got now is that we you know we've hired someone who takes care of our of our marketing and our content that goes uh, the third thing which i would say is extremely important is creating processes and i've you know i've always questioned myself and we always brainstorm within the team that what will it take us to reach from 150 jewelers to 1500 jewelers okay and i think one of the most important answer and and that's the only way to grow and scale is to automate so so far lot of our deployments and uh, um, you know execution is all um, it's all manual so someone from the team will call someone will do x work someone will do uh, you know uh, validation or a quality check uh, someone will help help a jeweler answer questions multiple times but what have we automated like for example i am using adobe photoshop right i don't reach out to adobe team to resolve my questions or queries right it's right. it's done in such a beautiful way that it's all automated it's all there on internet so this is one of the most important thing i would say that we are now looking to build and that is create everything that is in automation you know build strong processes so that we are able to scale at that level you want clients to do more of self service to get onboarded yes because also we are looking at a global market so you know and especially in covid right now we can't have our teams uh, traveling etc so you know that's the only way if i want like tomorrow to have 1000 jewelers you know signing up on a weekly basis or a daily basis it's impossible for me to have a team of 10000 people so probably the best way is to build the product in a way that people find it extremely easy and convenient to use it so yeah that's what we're okay. doing okay and have you cracked how to do sales you know like is this like is it you personally who are the best sales person in the company or is it just that the product is uh, attracting clients automatically and you don't need to do sales uh we definitely would need to do sales and yes i am doing sales currently people say i am a good sales person i don't know how because i never studied sales but i think sales is all about communicating how a problem can be solved and how a client is going to benefit from it so i think post covid lot of people are coming on their own but also we have to have a very very strong sales strategy and i don't mean strategy by like just calling 1000 people a day but also what do you convey how do you convey and what are you really selling so for example i don't think we are selling technology we are selling experience we are selling the way your customers are going to start using it we are selling the way uh, you are going to make more sales so i think all of that is more important and uh, yes i think i am one of the not best but yeah i am a decent sales person uh, only because i have been able to convey these stories and convey the value proposition to the clients in a much stronger way how do you uh, get access to clients is it through networking is it through cold calling or you know what's your secret when i started it was through networking so i would find out the top management people on linkedin either i would try writing to them or i would find a connect through my linkedin connect you know also because indian angel network is is one of the largest angel network in india and because we are funded by them i always seek help because if there is any way they are connected to someone who can help me connect that's the way i started going now what i do is i constantly ask my clients for a reference 
so if for example a client i'm working with and i know he's happy with our job uh, i will just request him mm. to connect me to his friends and that is how we grow our network there are times when clients themselves write to me saying hey my friend also saw my product and they also want to use it can you please talk to them so these are the three important ways that we reach out to people cold calling happens but but you know uh, not so much uh, we try to find a connect uh, i think that is that has been one of the most important part in journey of our sales my only advice that is that that you know and this is something that i have learned over the period of time is that i am only focusing on building a product that is giving value you know giving me money revenue so revenue from client is something that that is something that every investor looks in this can be a chicken and egg story you need investment to build a product and at, at the same time you need a good product to attract investment how do you It, kind this of was the break same situation this? when i started up right like i did not have money and all that so i think to build a good product you have to identify the things that you need right it can be a tech co-founder it can be someone who will market it for you so uh, the way i did it was do some freelancing work get some money unless i get funded and keep keep the show going right or you take loans or money from friends and family or you raise like you know you have to just find and identify people who believes in what you're doing and and get like a small round of funding and just get started i believe that money should not stop you from doing what you want to do so to raise funds from an investor if you feel you need to show traction go and do that or if you feel that okay you can reach out to at least a couple of investors who will believe in your vision and your entire uh, story and the product that you're building then just raise a small amount and you know try and go big okay So when you are raising funds from someone like IAN Indian Angel Network how much effort do you need to put in to do a like projections and financial number crunching and show that i will do this much revenue by this date and this is how the funds will get used do you need to do a lot of that or do you need to be good at storytelling i think storytelling is most important followed by all these numbers so to be very honest yes i did lot of work on how i'm going to use the money where i'm going to put the money what kind of people i'm going to hire you know i gave whole projection of probably 3 years of how i'm going to grow from probably zero uh, customer to uh, 1 million downloads right but end of the day even investors know and they you know they know it very very clearly that every projection does not turn to be reality so i think especially at a early stage and angel investors what they look in is is something which is a very strong product and uh, is your problem solving a real problem i mean if, i mean sorry if your solution is solving a real problem if it if the answer is yes i think there are more than like there are enough people who would want to invest uh, just looking at at your product your conviction and your your vision beyond campus is a production of the podium.in powered by career launcher if you like this show then we are sure that you will love our other shows on subjects like entrepreneurship marketing books and drama check out the podium.in for a complete list of all our shows